Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Eurohoops podcast, the Eurohoop pod. I am Antonis Strogilakis, and with me, as always, is Adigoni Zahari. Hello, Adigoni. Hello, Antonis. Hello, everyone. Uh, taking a break from your EuroCup uh, duties, uh, I believe uh, you just saw Locomotive uh, Kuban uh, destroying Boulogne, right? Indeed. Jonathan Motley is on fire. Uh, early MVP, maybe. <laughs> early, Here's early, my take. Early, early MVP candidate for EuroCup. Okay, yeah. Jonathan Motley, I, 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 just, I was just watching the... The stats it actually 30 points, 11 rebounds, pff, huge, huge numbers. By it's been Motley. like that all season long. Uh, it wasn't really a surprise. Really? Well, if uh, if a player scores 30 points uh, in um, in the one of the top tier European competitions uh, and uh, it doesn't seem impressive to you, then well, <laughs> that fact alone is impressive. That it doesn't impress you is impressive. It says a lot for him, I believe. It was so, impressive the first time, you know, but then <laughs> it keeps repeating. I'm not, I'm not complaining by any means, but you yeah, know. yeah. Why shouldn't I mean? Uh, yeah, we have talked about uh, the Euro Cup and how exciting it is, and how we have seen some players who may emerge as protagonists, and uh, you know, there were the usual suspects like Kevin Pander, who had one of the most crazy clutch minutes I have uh, seen recently, yesterday, to help Partizan uh, beat what the game, Badalona. Amazing game. I mean, it was. How, how does Andrea Trinkeri put it? It doesn't uh, taste. It doesn't look good, but it tastes great. <laughs> it was something like that. It was or like or like a movie that it's so so bad that it is good. It was an ugly game, but it has an intense finale. So that was the essence of it. And uh, yeah, Kevin Pander, Zach Day, Milos Teodosic. We have talked about the players who can. Uh, Who are making this Eurocup so good? But anyway, let's uh, let's see from Eurocup to Euroleague, because Adigoni, we have published the most recent version, the most recent edition of uh, the power rankings, and uh, well, after seven Euroleague rounds, we have seen some uh, some teams, you know, uh, sinking mm-hmm. to the bottom. We have seen some other teams. Uh, rising high and some other teams struggling to escape mediocrity and uh, maybe you know push themselves to a playoff level but let's begin at the bottom and to a certain favorite of yours Zalgiris Kaunas that is the only winless team after seven rounds into the Euroleague regular season radical changes by Zalgiris the first change the head coach, Martin Siller, after two games. And most recently, Emmanuel Mudai, the guy who came to Zalgiris in order to possibly lead the team, in order to take over scoring, uh, maybe even, uh, I don't know, maybe even uh, playmaking, uh, a guy who, who was signed in order to take, take charge of the offense, take complete control of the offense of the Lithuanian team, uh, parted ways with the club, And he was replaced with Taz Webster. Adigoni, what do you make of these many, many uh, changes of Zalgiris so early in the regular season? Well, for me, it looks uh, like every move that has been made since, uh, since the replacement of Martin Schiller has been rushed. And... 
first of all, we should say that Moudier didn't have time to adjust to the team. He's a guy who just arrived in the EuroLeague. He, he needed some time, you know, to get into the game, understand his coach better. He, he even said that he was shocked that Martin Schiller was uh, removed from the club. He was the, the coach that signed him to Jalgiris after all. So his uh, collaboration with Dovs was a bit peculiar at first. And we practically saw that uh, it didn't really work out. But for me, it looks rushed, as I said. Um, he needed some more time. And all these constant changes uh, in Jalgiris are not going to really help at this point. Because... You know, I understand they remain winless. Uh, they have more success in the Lithuanian League so far in the season, but I know that the pressure they face in the EuroLeague makes them, you know, take such sudden and urgent decisions. I'm not really sure if the direction of the team is correct at this point. And, uh, you know, ironically, uh, Mudiai had uh, had his best game of the season. It was the second game after Eurostoft. He had 19 points and uh, four assists in Piraeus against Olympiacos. It wasn't like, uh, it wasn't a spectacular game per se, but it was something promising, something that um, at that moment, at least, I thought that, uh, hey, you know, maybe this is a start for uh, for better things. This is sure. what Moudiai also told us uh, when he also made the comment about uh, the firing of coach Siller and described it as shocking to him and it was probably shocking to others Zargiris players as well especially those players that Martin Siller brought and uh, you know conscripted if you will to the team this was a good sign and then he got injured and uh, he missed the game against Bayern Munich mm-hmm. and then okay and then he had uh, a bad game against uh, Maccabi where he, he didn't score a lot he had five assists but in 13 minutes but uh, it wasn't a good game overall, just two points on one out of five shots, and then the club parts ways for him. You know what, Goni? The thing with uh, Mudiai and players like Mudiai is that you have to give them time. I mean, here is a guy who has played in the NBA for the larger part of his career. He also had a year in China and comes to Europe. And, uh, yes, for sure. He's a rookie. He hasn't fully adjusted to European basketball, and he's a guard also. It's not like he's a center. It's it's far more difficult for guards to adapt to European basketball. A guy who is called to take over a Euroleague team to, to true face, more responsibility, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. more responsibilities, a difficult role, and you have to give this guy some uh, time. But uh, we we don't know. Maybe 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 the firing of coach Siller also you know acted something like a domino that led to other changes and one of these changes was uh, Moody I uh, leaving the club, parting ways with the club. So anyway, uh, Zalgiris also signed uh, Zoran Dragic. On one hand, an experienced player, on the other, a mm-hmm. veteran. And Adigoni, Zalgiris already has a lot of veterans, right? <laughs> true, true. And I don't really know who this team can, uh, you know, build up on. They had Rokos Yukubaitis last season, uh, which we knew he would, you know, eventually evolve into 
a greater project for Jalgiris. Now, I don't really see another big star that can lead the team, you know, in the future run. Yes, because for now, uh, Zalgiris, exactly, as you said, they don't have uh, the star. Maybe they expect uh, Webster to step up, they expect uh, Dragic to, to go a bit vintage. But mm -hmm. again, Zoran Dragic was never, you know, the leader of the teams he played in throughout his career, especially the EuroLeague teams he played throughout the, uh, his career. He had a very solid run in Europe, but he was never the guy, you know, who will... Uh, take over, who will be the go-to guy, who will take the last shot, etc. I don't know what Zalkiris will do. Their next game uh, is actually a very, very good opportunity to, to register their first win in EuroLeague. They face Alba Berlin at home. So if they don't win this one, then what game will they win, right? Something like right. that. Let's see what happens with the new signings and the new balance in the team. Right. And I remain for, skeptical. <laughs> yes, I think uh, I think many are skeptical. You know, it's difficult for Zalgiris to bounce back at this point. And um, I don't know. I don't know uh, what would happen. And uh, what and it still doesn't make sense to me that they took so many rust decisions so early in the season. Anyway, from Zalgiris, that is naturally at the 80th place of the Euro of the Euroleague power rankings to go to Cervenas Vesda. No, Cervenas Vesda grabbed an impressive road win over Maccabi Tel Aviv and um, then uh, dropped many games uh, afterwards. They are currently at 2-5 um, record because uh, after they got the road win over the Maccabi, they beat Zalgiris uh, at home and then one, two, three, four straight uh, losses. Um, honestly, I'm not really surprised by how Cervera Vesta goes. They have one of the weaker rosters in the Euroleague. And um, in my opinion, uh, you know, Dejan Radovic is a, is a purely defense-minded defense coach. Mm -hmm. But teams need to score a lot of points in order to, to win games. You can't, you can't win with this, uh, you know, uh, old-school basketball that uh, defense dominates everything and uh, we can win purely. Let's see. Um... You know, to cut them some slack, they have played five games on the road, just two at home. And naturally, when playing on the road so early in the season, the results might not be very satisfying, especially for a team of uh, Tervenas Vesta's extent. So let's see if something, you know, changing, changes in as the season progresses and if they find up a rhythm and pace. Very true at the Goni, and uh, maybe the Belgrade factor will uh, play a role and help Cervantes Vesta grab wins. I mean, they lost at home at, uh, against Alba Berlin, but they have Panathinaikos and Aswell. These are the two upcoming games of Aswell at home, and Panathinaikos will miss Nemanja Netovic, a huge absence for the Greens. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's time for Cervantes Vesta to get back on a winning track. After Cervantes Vesta, we have Alba Berlin. You know, Alba Berlin is, um, they fight a lot. They fight in their games. They don't give up easily. We saw it against uh, Olympiacos on the road that uh, they tried to come back from a double-digit uh, deficit and uh, mm -hmm. possibly steal the result. But again, they are not, uh, they don't look like a team that uh, can aspire to. I mean, I'm sure that uh, possibly they aspire to, to get to the playoffs, but I don't think they are capable to do that. 
בסקוניה has a, has an overall record of three, four, lots of ups and downs for the Basque side. They are 15th in the power rankings. Panathinaikos follows um, the way we, we comment on the ranking. It's from the bottom to the top at the 14th place. Adigoni, what a week for Panathinaikos. First they beat FS and then they lose to Asvel at home. You know, it was... Uh, the week began with good omens and then Elia Kobo happened at home. Elia Kobo, yes. <laughs> they, oh. you know... You know, missing Nedovic is going to be a big blow for uh, as long as he remains sidelined. And they were really at least from what I could tell, they were just trying to get back with their tempo. Now I'm not really sure if that can happen with such such a key part missing. You know, with, uh, with Nedovic out, uh, the thing is that uh, Yogi Ferrell, the newest addition of Panthecos, he will have to get more minutes on the floor. And who knows, maybe the, the upcoming game against Servanas Vesta may... It's definitely a good, a solid opportunity for him, you know, to have this breakout game in EuroLeague. And the He'll game be thrown that... into the fire immediately. Yeah, he will be thrown to the fire, but hey, here's a good chance for him, you know, to show uh, what he can do. But uh, again, uh, he hasn't found uh, much playing time yet. He hasn't contributed uh, a lot. But again, it's not easy at all uh, for, a Euro, uh, for a rookie in EuroLeague, a guy who has never, ever played overseas before in his career, and especially a guard to adjust uh, quickly. Some, some people do that, but it's commendable, but uh, the vast majority don't, don't have it so easy. And uh, from Panathinaikos, let's go to Anadolu FS. Anadolu FS that is trying to recover from uh, their horrid start in EuroLeague. They have managed to climb at 2-5. It's, it's completely ironic that I say that they climbed to 2-5. Hmm. We are talking about FS, the reigning EuroLeague champion, the team that was unstoppable at one point in the previous uh, season. Adigoni, what do you think of FS? Have they left their struggles behind? Or because, and I'm asking you that because they grabbed one win at home against the Unix and the other win arrived against the Zalgiris. It was a blowout, but hey, everyone beats Zalgiris this season. <laughs> True. Um, well, Bearing in mind that they had have the worst start for a reigning champion in the EuroLeague so far, the only way is up. I don't see them sleeping further down the standings. My question just remains if they can, you know, uh, balance their... They seem to be a bit struggling on the the defensive side, at least uh, from what I've seen in their game so far. Uh, exceptions are the blowout win against Jalgiris, but overall, they're not up to that level like they were last season that took them that far. I don't know. That's a question mark. And for now, I think the 13th position in the power rankings is... It's pretty fair. You know, 
the thing with FS is that they don't have a difficult schedule ahead. I mean, uh, they face uh, Zenith at home, which is be would be a much more difficult test, of course, than the one of Zalgiris. Then they go to Berlin to play against Alba. Reminder, Alba beat Fenerbahce Beko, the other Turkish Euroleague powerhouse at home. Then they travel to Olympiakos Piraeus to face a team that, so far at least, can't be beaten at home. They are very strong, Olympiakos. In general, they are strong this season, and they are especially strong at home. And then they face Monaco, and then they have a, a pair of difficult games against Fenerbahce and Barcelona. So there's a, there's a, there's a stretch where uh, FS, if they play some good basketball, of course, because they haven't been really consistent in that aspect, this is a stretch that, that FS can take advantage of and, you know, improve the record, get some wins, uh, get some psychology and uh, recover from the bad start. Unix, well, Unix uh, got a, a really impressive win over Real Madrid, their first ever home win over uh, Real Madrid in EuroLeague. And this is why they climbed to the 11th spot of the power rankings. Uh, Unix, even though they don't have, uh, you know, an impressive roster, etc. They use their defense, especially, to beat both Basconia and Real Madrid, back-to-back wins, and uh, against Spanish teams that obviously improved their position, the power rankings. On the 10th place, there's uh, Zenit. Zenit uh, that, uh, well, Zenit basically is waiting for Sebes Nabier to, to come back. Oh. And at the ninth spot, we have Ceseca Moscow now, uh, Adigoni, if someone told you in the beginning of the season that Jessica Moscow will be at the ninth spot in the power rankings after seven rounds, how would you react? I would be surprised. And to be honest, I'm still surprised. But uh, I cannot, you know, uh, I totally understand John's choice to put them at the ninth spot. They have a lot of absences, key absences, Nikola Milutinov and uh, Torniki Sengelia, who is expected to return. Uh, I don't know. I'm confused with Cheska this season. And we have, and we have, and we have barely seen Marius Grigonis. You have seen Marius Grigonis at Cheska just 20 minutes uh, in game one against Olympia Milano because he got injured again. And, uh, you know, here's another player who can, you know, uh, go in for Cheska uh, at any point if he's healthy and score 20 points easy peasy, just like that. Mm. And, uh, you know, imagine how many good players Ceseca uh, miss right now. They miss, they actually, they miss three players who can easily register 30 peer in a game. We have seen, true, you know, doing, Sengelia was actually doing it before he got injured. He was a back-to-back MVP, MVP of the week in EuroLeague. And we, ha- we have yet to see Greg- what Grigonis can do on the Ceseca jersey. I really, I, really, I really thought during the summer that Grigonis was one of the most impressive signings. I mean, we knew what Grigonis can do, but Grigonis at Ceseca was a perfect piece for me, a perfect pairing for the team to get uh, stronger. Now, from Ceseca, uh, we have Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich who have begun resembling last season's Bayern Munich after uh, also beginning the season with, uh, you know, a bad record. They couldn't get uh, a win at all, Adratikeri's side had four losses in a row, and then they go to Zalgiris, and they beat Zalgiris, they beat the previously undefeated Olympia Milano at home, and then 
they win in the German German Euroleague derby against Alba Berlin. Uh, Alba Berlin. And they they were the first team to defeat uh, Olympia Milano. So yeah. give them credit for that as well. Yeah, we definitely give them credit for that. Uh, Adigoni, do you think that uh, the Adriatic Gary recipe has finally become uh, begun uh, brewing? Looks like it. Uh, they don't resemble the team that they were at the, the beginning of the season and with the return of Lucic, Lucic um, that really played a role as well. Let's see. Let's see. And from uh, Bayern Munich, we go to the seventh place and Monaco, Monaco that had uh, a stunning win over Jessica Moscow. I mean, we talked about how Jessica Moscow had many absent players, but uh, again, to come back from a 22-point deficit and then win by 17 points against Jessica Moscow, being uh, a newcomer in EuroLeague, having players that never, ever played in EuroLeague before in their careers, it was stunning for Monaco, and Monaco will be tested on Friday against uh, Olympiacos at Pireus. At the sixth spot, there's Real Madrid. Real Madrid who struggled against uh, Unix, especially on the offensive end, they have struggled. And uh, a team that hasn't struggled at all at the offensive end, mm. but the opposite is as well. Fifth position, thanks to which person are you on it? Well, everybody knows Celio Cobo. <laughs> we have uh, a, a EuroLeague rookie who is really rocking uh, the competition, and he has a really huge fan club already. He and Donda Hall. Yeah, These think, are the two players that get discussed the more, as far as I see. Yeah, social media favorites for different reasons. Uh, it's, I mean, uh, of, they are both of the rookies. That's the common uh, factor. Donda Hall, of course, had. A bigger experience in the NBA than the, the short-lived one that uh, Elio Okobo had, but uh, Okobo, Adigoni, wow. Uh, this is the by far the most essential player right now in EuroLeague. He's, it's not only that he's averaging, that he's averaging uh, 20 points per game, but he shoots the ball so, so efficiently. He has 64% on two-pointers, 55% on three-pointers, is ridiculous for a guy who scores so much to shoot the ball so well, and he's taking difficult shots, he's taking shots at the pressure. There's no difference that can stop him so far at the moment. It wouldn't be an understatement to say we have an early candidate for the Alfonso Ford MVP award. And uh, what you said, uh, he's, he's shooting efficiency. In the game against Panathinaikos, especially in the fourth quarter, when he... He really took the game into his own hands. He could not be stopped. He was so resilient. And that that game was intense, start to finish. But his performance in the fourth quarter was what really stunned not just me, I guess, everyone who was watching this game. And just to, you know, make a little mention here, it's so, so sad that French people cannot really enjoy Asheville and Elia Kobo in this case uh, on national TV. That's a huge pity. Yeah, I mean, seriously, the both teams, they have two teams that are doing so, so well in EuroLeague. And when was the last time that happened? I mean, not uh, just uh, France having two EuroLeague teams, but two EuroLeague teams that uh, are playing for being so efficient, yeah. Because that's the case right now. 
So, wow, uh, I don't know if Eliakob ultimately wins the MVP because for that to happen, you know, Asvel has to at least make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe they have to go to the Final Four because usually the EuroLeague MVP comes from a Final Four team. But yeah, he definitely checks the mark for the Alfonso for top scorer award. It's early, but if he continues like that, I don't see any other contender for him. At the fourth place in the power rankings, there's... Uh, Barcelona, Barcelona, who actually dropped its first game this season at Tel Aviv against the Maccabi. Well, it would happen sometime. <coughs> Excuse me. At the third place, there is Maccabi, who has been on an upward course. Maccabi Tel Aviv, actually. Finally. Yeah. Another team that didn't pick up the season so well. They they struggled to beat Bayern Munich in the first round. They were blown away by Cervenas Vesda in. Uh, well, not blown away, sorry, but they easily lost to Cervenas Vesta in, uh, at home in round two. Then they lost to Armani and then they registered four wins in a row, including the blowout win. Yeah, that was a blowout, the blowout win against Barcelona. At the second spot, Olympiacos Pireus. Olympiacos basically has taken advantage of uh, the, good, the good schedule in the beginning. They had uh, many games at home. They had five games at home and they made the most out of it. They beat Fenerbahce, they beat Basconia, they beat Real Madrid, they beat difficult teams. It's not like they faced, you know, um, teams that are easy in theory to win. Uh, they beat uh, two Final Four contenders. Like, and uh, both losses they suffered were really just close games, uh, especially yeah. against Barcelona. Especially that against, game... against Barcelona. Uh, and, uh, and that's the thing. The only two losses that they have, it, they also arrived against Final Four contenders, against title contenders. Olivia Kos uh, also announced today a new player, Quincy AC. Now, uh, many of you probably remember AC from his team with Maccabi Tel Aviv. AC was uh, a guy who... Who came to Euroleague, who came to Maccabi Tel Aviv after many, many years in the NBA. He was an NBA veteran, actually, with Toronto Raptors, Sacramento Kings, Dallas Mavericks, Brooklyn Nets, and several other teams. He arrived in Euroleague and basically was one of the most important players for Maccabi, for Maccabi Tel Aviv in 2019-2020 season that uh, had secured a playoff spot mm-hmm. and was fighting for a home court advantage, actually. Numbers don't do justice uh, for how important AC was for that Maccabi lineup. He averaged, he, he, he didn't even average five points per game. He had 3.5 rebounds per game in less than 20 minutes, but he was possibly the most important uh, part of uh, Maccabi's defense. He was a master. Excellent defender, indeed. Yeah. indeed. And this is the role that uh, he basically comes to carry on... Uh, at Olympiacos, I expect him to get minutes. He he isn't what you might call a sender. He isn't what, even what you might call an undersized sender, but I expect him to get minutes at the five position. And, of course, uh, play a lot as a four. It will be interesting to see how Yoros Barjokas will use him. But, yeah, I definitely see It him. gives some, you know, yeah, it gives some flexibility to Barjokas to either use him in the sender or the four position. Depends. We have but, seen, uh, uh, we have seen Barzoka, sorry, we have seen Barzoka also use Livio Sansans at five at some point, sure. especially with Hassan Martin having problems so far and missing games and still recovering from some problems he has. 
So yeah, Quincy AC. Now he will have three different, uh, three different big guys, you know, for yeah, different exactly. solutions. Yeah, and you know, Mustafa Fall, Livio Sansars, and AC now are you know the three players who uh, will get minutes at the five and Daisy, of course, will get a lot of minutes as a four uh, as well. We will see. We will see how um, how he will uh, do at Olympiacos. An interesting choice, another jo uh, choice also because, and I'm saying that because uh, you know there were many rumors about many names and uh, Quincy AC didn't appear on any reports. This was quite a surprise right. of a name. Not the move itself. We expected at Olympiacos will sign a player, Joros Bartokas had hinted towards that, but a few expected that this player would be Quincy AC. And to finish uh, our podcast and our commentary of the power rankings, the top uh, team uh, in the power rankings, Olympia Milano, to the surprise of no one, I think. Right, Adigoni? Mm -hmm. True, true. They just picked up from last season and it's wonderful to see that they are starting to build their character, you know, because Olympia Milano uh, up to the previous season, they weren't exactly the team you would think about as uh, strong contenders for the final four. And now they, you know, they took up things from last season and let's see if they can repeat the, the success. The thing with Milano is uh, what Kyle Hines told us actually, I you remember that, uh, even though they lost two players who were, True. you know, uh, very good scorers like Kevin Panda and uh, Zach Lade, they they managed to to have a, a more balanced game, a more uh, at the game that is possibly even more effective. You know, uh, they have managed to integrate Donta Hall successfully. You know, there's Nicolo Melli, and the team overall plays with a, with a beautiful balance. They have an equilibrium in their game on both defense. And offense, they are they play really well. They have just one loss so far in uh, the Euroleague season, and uh, you know they they are tied with Barcelona. They both have six one record. And the thing with Milano is that they beat Ceseca, they beat FS, they beat uh, Aswell. Not easily, but you know Aswell has shown mm -hmm. that they can be a danger to many teams. They have uh, they won at Basconia, and regardless of the fact that Basconia doesn't seem to be as good as they were last season, it's still a very dangerous squad at home. Now Milano will be tested against Barcelona this week, and uh, speaking of which, which are they going to, need to close the to close our podcast to close mm -hmm. our discussion for this week? There is Cesca Moscow against Fenerbahce. There is the Armani Milano Barcelona game. And uh, there is, uh, well, these are the games that stand out, I believe, from this uh, week. Which one, in your opinion, is the must watch game of the round? And uh, I'm, I'm saying these games because uh, both those matches are held in the same day. Of course, there's, uh, there's a time difference between them. I mean, mm -hmm. when uh, one about... game yeah, yeah. finishes, the other begins. Well, in this case, in this case, we can enjoy both. But okay, of course, both? The, yeah. <laughs> the battle for the first place, you know, is going to be intense. So I'm going with that. No surprise, I know, but <laughs> I have to you, go with that. You know, I knew that you go with that, and I picked Jessica Moscow Fenerbahce just because of the reason that there is an intense rivalry between those teams. 
this last couple of seasons, I believe, um, since the 2016 uh, championship game in Berlin, I think. True, true. Yeah, uh, these games uh, are intense. They they are fire. They are they are heated. Uh, we have seen, uh, you know, a lot of overtimes, a lot of difficult battles, a lot of uh, crazy game winners, um, a lot of magic moment. Uh, sequences as Euroleague likes to to say about hmm. highlight plays. So I would pick Jessica Moscow Fenerbahce Beko, and I expect uh, many Fenerbahce fans uh, going to Moscow. We have seen we have seen them uh, appearing at the stands, even uh, on the road when Fenerbahce when Fenerbahce plays against Jessica at Moscow. We see we always see Fenerbahce fans in the arena. So. They are you know, the most loyal fans uh, in the EuroLeague for a in, reason. In that aspect, yes, and they, and they can also be the louder, even in uh, the loudest, even in uh, you know, even when they, uh, they, they compete with uh, Panathinaikos fans. <laughs> Easily, we, we, this is a good topic for another podcast. So that's it. That's a wrap for uh, today's discussion about the the most recent edition of the EuroLeague Power Rankings that were published, of course at Eurohoops.net and on the official Euroleague website. Adigoni, please, please remind to our listeners where they can enjoy. I believe they they, they do so. <laughs> they, they, were, they are enjoying our conversation. You can always find us on Spotify. You can hit follow on the podcast and stay updated for future episodes. Hopefully next week we will have a guest. Yeah, some we company. Can- that we didn't have Some this company, week. finally, indeed. So hit follow to stay updated. You will get a notification when the new episode drops. Or you can also find us on Apple and Google Podcast and on anchor.fm slash Eurohoops. And as always on Eurohoops.net for everyday updates and news, games, everything really around European basketball. The whole Magilla, exactly, Adigoni. So thank you, Adigoni Zahari. For, uh, Thank you for being with us. And uh, from uh, moi, Anton Sogilakis, farewell, everyone. Take care and uh, enjoy enjoy the games. Enjoy the EuroLeague, Basketball Champions League, EuroCup, and European basketball in general. Farewell. <laughs>